0: assalamu alaikum welcome back guys to another episode of our podcast Dean thoughts with your two favorite hosts Miran and adam and today alhamdulillah we are back with another episode it has been a while we definitely missed recording guys and so we're hitting you guys with some more knowledge inshallah um today we have a new topic for you guys but let's hit with the 50th episode guys this is the 50th episode alhamdulillah So, um, this is the 50th episode. We have been doing this for like about a year and a half, two years. Um, And we're so very thankful for you guys. Thank you guys so much. Um, Inshallah, may Allah accept from us.
1: Amen. So, today we're going to be talking about Hasna Von Billah.
0: We did not plan that, guys. Go ahead, Adam. Start us (laughs) off. Okay, guys. So, we have a hadith for you guys that you guys definitely have heard before. And we've definitely mentioned it. But, obviously, we're going to hit you guys with some new perspectives aspects of it so hadith says I am as my servant expects of me so if he thinks good of me then he will have it and if he thinks evil of me then he will have it obviously this hadith very straightforward Allah is telling us just the way that we perceive him that is the way that things are going to go in his life if we think evil then he will have evil and if he thinks good then he will have good um the way I kind of perceive this hadith is when we go through our day to day actions, there are so many small things that may happen throughout our life that we, we just ought, we just right away take it as negative. We don't ever see the positives in them. And we've probably mentioned over and over about trying to see the positive chances, but which is not easy. But the truth is, what you need to understand is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, everything that he has decreed for you is the best thing for you. And so one thing that you'll need to understand is even the punishment that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has written for you in this life, in this world, that punishment is the best thing for you because that punishment might bring you back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That punishment is going to be less than the punishment of Jahannam, the punishment of the hellfire, right? The punishment of hellfire is way worse than the, any punishment you can have. And the evidence of this is one time we were doing uh, uh the the podcast on lowering your gaze. I don't know if do you remember that one. Yeah. And we mentioned the hadith where the man, uh, he looked at a girl just once from the time of ignorance. You remember that hadith? Mm-hmm. The hadith honestly stuck with me after that day. I've ne- I have never heard it until that day. Um, and then subhanAllah, he went and after he looked at her, uh, I believe it was like a brick wall fell on him. Right? And so then uh, he went to the Prophet and he asked him and he told him, Allah Taala, he punishes those.
1: It fell and broke his leg, I think, Sahih. Something like that.
0: Something along those lines. Honestly, we should have probably put it up. It's but...
1: okay. Go back and, look. We'll go back and listen <clears throat> to that episode, inshallah.
0: Yeah, but basically along the lines of it, it fell on him and it obviously hurt him. And the Prophet and told him that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he hastens the punishment in this world so that they don't have it in the hellfire. Something along those lines. And so that hadith honestly correlates with Hisnudan because you need to realize that even the punishment in this world is better for you than the punishment in the Akhirah. Mm-hmm. Because the punishment in the Akhirah is so much more severe. So.
1: Yeah, sorry, go ahead.
0: Yeah, go ahead.
1: I, I feel like I was talking about this with some of the girls actually. And, you know, there's a there's a hadith that mentions that. Kullu khair, right? Mm-hmm. All, we believe in Islam that all of the affairs of a, a believer, they're positive. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says. If he's inflicted with a punishment, he's thankful and he has patience, and that's good for him. And if he's inflicted with something that is good for him, right, like a khair, he's thankful and grateful. And that's also good for him. And I feel like there's no other way of life. And that's what we always say, right? Like Islam isn't just like do's and don'ts. It's not just a religion like other religions are like, oh, I take it off and put it on whenever I want. But it's a way of life. It's how you live. And I've never seen any other deen that gives you a sense of positivity like Islam. Because like you said, when I'm going through the midst of something painful, whether it be some sort of sickness, whether it be some sort of argument, I understand that through having patience through this, that inshallah, I'm attaining jannah. Inshallah, Allah is hiring my ranks. Allah is purifying my sins. So it kind of going back to what you were saying. Like they say, you can't get um one of my teachers she always used to tell me that ease and goodness don't combine okay you're either gonna have ease and goodness in this world and hardship in the next or hardship in this world and ease and goodness in the next you're never gonna get both so for us we want the ease and the goodness in the hereafter we want jannah inshallah so we're gonna have to endure some sort of hardship but when you look at it from an islamic perspective that hardship becomes a jannah because they say. There's a hadith that mentions, you won't enter the Jannah of the next life until you enter the Jannah of this life. And I, I never understood the hadith fully. And it always used to confuse me because I was like, well, shouldn't Jannah be a place of like happiness, right? Like, so I would think if there's a Jannah in this world, that means you're not getting tested. But I looked into it deeper and the scholars explained it to me, Jannah in this world means in the midst of the hardship, in the midst of the test, you're grateful, you're thankful and you're positive. Yani you're submitting to the decree of Allah and that goes back to husn that you know Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is doing this for a reason so that just reminded me of that
0: yeah that reminds me i, I saw one time i forgot who was saying it, honestly um but i was like watching like a video and the guy was saying like in this life you're not you're never ha- you're gonna have like you said like ease mm-hmm. if you want it in jannah. in jannah but what you need to realize is you're not gonna have happiness you're not gonna have but what you realize is you're gonna be content because Allah Subhanallah Subhanallah ta'ala yeah. is giving you this contentness. Whereas if you, um, you know, we know that I am an So that ayah is basically telling us, like, even, even let's say, okay, you don't want to go through these hardships. You're still going to go through those hardships mm. because those hardships come regardless. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he's telling us that without my remembrance, you are going to live a depressive life, a life that is you know, not like, whereas the believers, they have this patience. What is the evidence of that? Look at the people in Gaza right now in Palestine. How many videos have we seen of, um, sons martyrs and, and what's a, and, uh, you know, that one guy who was like preaching, like, like said, you know, like mm-hmm. these people are inshallah going to Jannah. I was just watching a, a video from Omar Salaiman, and he was saying that a mother hit her son had died. And she wanted to, she was right about to scream and something in her just told her, uh, say uh to Allah, we belong and to him we shall return. And she said it and she didn't scream. Why? Because she this is the dhan You know, there is a reason for the suffering that's happened. Even in the worst of punishment, even in the worst of um, deaths that happened, the severities, the thing that are cruel, you still need to realize there is goodness in it because Allah wa ta'ala only uh, uh, he sends down only
1: what is good. That's that's a very good point, because like um, I guess the opposite of husn al of course like Sultan, dhan right? Like that's like opposites, like, yeah. you know, but what what does it mean? And it, basically you're saying that there's no rahmah in Allah's plan, right? Because, and I think you mentioned a very good point. Who is better as an example, of course, after the Rasul Wasallam and the companions and, and the prophets of the past is right now the people in Gaza, They are the definition of Sul of husnablan. Because imagine, right? They have every right to be like, wow, it's been 102 days now and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala still hasn't helped us. Why is Allah so mad at us? Where's Allah's help? And we we did an episode on this. Like we talked about, you know, like the question, like, where is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's help? But when you look at it from a different perspective, and they have husnadvan they know that عيشة عيشة there's no life except the life of the of the of the akhira and that this dunya is al Mu'min. it's the prison of the believers and this dunya is nothing but like a day or two on the day of judgment allah subhanahu wa ta'ala he tells us that there is going to be a, a conversation between the people of this earth and they're going to say how long were you in this earth and they'll say one or two days some will say أيام, like 10 days but yeah. when you ask the believer they'll say the time between Duhur and Asr. it was that short because even though it was hard hard what's to come after is so much worth it there's a hadith that mentions there will be a guy whom allah he had such a hard life okay every sort of difficulty you can think of yeah allah dips him into jannah Jannah, and he allah asks him have you seen anything evil before and he said nothing one dip into jannah made him forget everything. And that's going to be the people in Gaza. That's going to be everyone around us. So Husn al is a character, and it's something that we have to remind ourselves because it is what allows us to live positive in this dunya.
0: Yeah, that reminds me, actually. Um, really, what is Husn al in terms of... So we're looking, obviously, at the people of Gaza. Obviously, not all of us are in Gaza. Those people, they are strong. They have patience. But how does that apply to our day-to-day lives? What about that du'a that you have been making for the past two years that has not been answered, you know? Oh, yeah, Allah, I want to get married. Oh, yeah, Allah, remove this hardship from me. Oh, yeah, Allah, I have waswas. Oh, yeah, Allah, I have this, I have that. You know, oh, yeah, Allah, I want to make it to medical school. I want to make it, get me into this school, but it hasn't been answered. And and slowly, you know, at first when we start making the du'a, we have high expectations. Yeah. Slowly, what happens? Shaitan, he comes, he changes Oh, Allah didn't answer you. Just oh, stop
1: making the dua. Why is not
0: Allah? Why? You've been making this dua for two years, man. Just give it up. Just Allah's it supposed up. to
1: be like Kareem. Why mm-hmm. is He not giving you Allah this?
0: Allah does not like you. What the heck? Look at all this is happening. So, this is slowly like your your judgment starts to get rusted mm-hmm. from shaitan, his wiswas. And it's a good reminder that we keep reminding ourselves to have hasanat. And there's a hadith on the day of judgment a man will come and he will see a mountain of hasanat, so many hasanat. And he will uh, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will tell him that all that hasanat is just from the dua that he kept making in the dunya that was not answered. Subhanallah. And he asks he he wishes on that day he was like, I wish Ya Allah you didn't answer any of my dua. Subhanallah. So that dua that you are making, keep making it, don't stop. Shaitan is telling you to stop. Do not stop because that dua you don't know, that could be your reason to enter Jannah. You will get a mountain load of hasanat. It's a win 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 situation. There is no losing with Rabbil Alameen. It's always winning. You either get the Hasanat in the akhirah or you get the win in the dunya. Or you or 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 you know what I mean?
1: Or you get both. Or like get both. in this yeah. dunya, صح? let's say like I'm working for a goal and I get the goal. Like let's say I'm working for a prize, okay? In the end I get the prize, but my work just goes unnoticed. Mm-hmm. But it's not like that with Rabbil alameen. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, even if you don't achieve the goal fully, like let's say for example you have the intention to memorize the whole Quran. Yeah. and you pass away before you memorize the whole Qur'an. Shall you don't you think Allah is going to give you that reward? So same thing, I try to think of it, and this is an example of Husnudun. If I'm making du'a for something, let's say for example, I'm making du'a to get into medical school. I'm not going to medical school, but an example. Yeah, yeah. And I've been making it for two years and I keep getting rejections left and right and whatever. And then eventually, alhamdulillah, I get accepted. That doesn't mean that because I got the answer to the du'a, all of the tears and all of the pain and all the suffering that came from those two years of waiting, is like unnoticed you still exactly. get rewarded for that too yani you're getting so much reward
0: it could be the reason Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala he's inviting you to qiyam maybe you started qiyam just because of that yeah or maybe you started doing good deeds some certain sort of good deeds just because of that maybe Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala he's milking every last one of the good deeds that you can do just because of that dua even There's so much hasn that you can yeah. have in
1: even um when my friends and I we were actually talking about this Let's say, for example, you're someone who wants to get married, okay? you make a making dua for a bunch of years, and then, like, nothing keeps on happening. But then suddenly, maybe something happens that really bothers you. Maybe someone comes, and it doesn't work out. Or maybe there's, like, talk going around, and you hear about what people are saying about you, whatever it is. And then it just gets even harder. Like, you thought it was already hard, and it gets even harder. And I tried to tell my friend, I was like, this is a home stretch. Maybe this is, like, Allah pushing He's like, he knows he's going to give you what you want now but he's like i just want like okay she got to this level i want to push her even more like i want her to get so many hasanat at the end like the finish line running to the finish line it's always the last minute that hurts right like let's say you're running a marathon yeah it's always that like us or- your your muscles are tired it's that that might be your home stretch and and when you look at it from a dunyawee perspective dang like i'm getting so hurt my heart is broken ma shu but when you look at it from the deen perspective it's like Allah is giving me one last chance to show him that I can do it. Allah is giving me one last chance to higher my, my ranks in Jannah and give me more hasanat that I'm going to be thankful for on the day of judgment, even if it hurts now.
0: Let me tell you, it's not only about that. It's the fact that when you are going through a trial and subhanAllah, you are patient on that trial. Do you not think that your Iman bar, we always talk about yeah, the, the bar. Iman bar, you know? Yeah. Don't you think your max is getting higher? Higher, that's true. Why? Because your Iman is growing, number one. That's true. Okay, that's number one. Number two that I want to mention is that I completely blank.
1: I, that happens to me all <sighs> the time. It's okay. I yeah, had a
0: good point, but it's okay. It's
1: okay. I'll come back, inshallah. Um, we
0: have another hadith?
1: Yeah. Um, I think also, just before we move on, because we kind of mentioned a little bit about dua, um, and I always try to remind myself this, you know, like Allah ta'ala says, like, like he's at, as his slave thinks of him. So going back, actually, what a practical example of that, right? When shaitan comes and whispers to you, like, oh, isn't, shaitan, isn't Allah ta'ala supposed to give you and stuff like that? I feel like one of the best ways to have husnadan is to know the names and attributes of Allah. So you know that through the midst of hardship, right, even though maybe I'm making dua, and Allah still hasn't an answered it. I still believe Allah is as yeah. I still believe Allah is listening. I still believe Allah is al Wahhab, the one who gives. But also, when you look at the ayah where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala He talks about dua, He says, "Um, بي, um and I don't remember the ayah exactly, but basically Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He says, Allah tells us, "Nothing make dua to me and I will accept what they are asking me to do, but let them accept what I'm saying. What does that mean? Allah is telling you, just like we ask things from Allah, we have to come with things Allah has asked from us. Yani, of course, never to discourage anyone who's in a sin because we're mm-hmm. that everyone is going to make mistakes. But it just means like I can't be sitting and knowing that I'm not wearing hijab, knowing that I'm not lowering my gaze, knowing that I'm not praying my salah and I don't care. I'm not doing anything about it. But at the same time, I make a dua to get married and it's not happening. Yeah. Ma Allah alik, Allah told you, astajibi li. Answer what I'm telling you to do. So it's a balance. It, and sometimes I also, like, I don't want it to be where the point, like, hasnu like, lets you make mistakes. Like, oh, I'm going to make a sin. And I'm pl- like, you're literally planning out a sin, masalam. You're like, oh, hasnu Allah ghafoor. Allah's forgiving. No, it's not. It's not an uh, an excuse to sit back and relax, but mm-hmm. it's an excuse to keep you forward. Yeah, that kind of that kind of
0: uh, reminds me. I always say, the only way for you to love something is for you to know about that something. So if I'm if I'm saying I want to love, um, Allah Subhanahu Taala, the only way for me to actually love Him is for me to understand Allah Subhanahu Taala to learn about Him. It's probably, so yeah. that that relates to like you were saying, like the names and attributes. Mm-hmm. If I want to love Allah Subhanahu Taala, I need to actually learn about Him more to love Him and another thing that i want to mention in terms of hasnal dhan you said like Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and that's another thing you need hasnal uh, dhan goes both ways it goes from the fact that your hardships ya allah uh, i have hasnal dhan that Allah subhanahu ta'ala there's a reason for this but at the same time when i'm doing a sin i have hasnal dhan that Allah ta'ala is watching me that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is hearing me he knows what i'm doing that's true yeah hasnal dhan goes both ways it's not just one way it's the other way as well Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for for every sin that you do he's there watching you and there are angels writing down what you're doing uh and so you need to realize that all is there he's watching you and the fact that um god i keep but i get
1: what you mean like it's husn of allah both when you're expecting good and when you're about to do that which is bad right right, yeah
0: i gotta write down my ideas it's okay let's go to the next time You wanna hit the next head? I mean, this one is like very similar, it just adds on a little bit.
1: Go for it. Because um. mine is mine is pretty long. I will say while you get it ready. Um there was a story of a companion. Um not a companion, I'm sorry. It was a scholar, okay, like a very, very renowned scholar. I forget the name. But basically, um one of them, like they were two scholars who like knew each other, and one of the scholars passed away. Yeah. And so one day, let's say scholar A and B, okay? B passed away, okay? So scholar A, one day he had a dream of scholar B, and, and he saw him in his dream. And you know, like generally when someone passes away, we're not supposed to look too much into dreams, but they say like how someone looks in your dream, like Allah alam. but maybe it could mean something. Right. So he saw the scholar in his dream, and he his face was radiating with light, and he looked happy, and he asked him like, how are you? Like, what's your state, you know? And he was like, Alhamdulillah, like, I'm I'm doing really well, you know, like, I'm happy, I'm in a good place. And he said, like, tell me, like, what should I do? Any advice? Yeah. What saved you? And he's like, billah. I had good thoughts of Allah and I, they are true, you know? So that goes back to Hadith, like, having billah, like, that's how Allah is going to be to you, right? Like, it's hard sometimes because... I don't want it to seem like we're unjustifying our feelings, right? Like in the midst of a hardship, you're allowed to feel pain. You're allowed to say, dang, this is tough. Right, right. I'm tired. But it's not to the point where it's like, I don't trust Allah or I doubt Allah's plan. Like uh, the, pro- and the pro- best example is the Prophet Muhammad, right? In amal huzn, when he lost his wife, his uncle, his his even son at the the burial of his own son, he said the hearts feel pain and the eyes tear up. he we're allowed to feel emotions, but those emotions are within the lens of hussnul Billah. But yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, I will say
1: did oh, you forget man. again
0: i'm done doing this
1: okay, okay one more one more thing okay, i got this though. okay go ahead. I, I remember this go remember for it this. go for it
0: so this hadith like we says an extension it doesn't have an exact translation so i'm gonna just translate uh, the best i can what it's basically saying is um if he remembers me by himself then i remember him
1: alone right? like, also, yeah I'll remember you yeah
0: uh and then if he remembers me in like a gathering then mm-hmm. i'll remember him in a gathering even larger yeah um so obviously, this is like Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Just imagine hasanatan in terms of the fact that when you're remembering Allah, uh, well, one thing we talk about before is uh, having good friends mm-hmm. and how in every gathering, the ble- like the good gatherings are the ones where Allah سبحانه's name is mentioned. Those are the ones that are blessed. Yeah. So imagine that every time you mention Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's name in a gathering, not only are you getting hasanat, not only are you benefiting. Obviously, if your intention is correct. Uh, are you benefiting from those people benefiting but Allah wa ta'ala is also mentioning your name but I like to take this further we have talked about Riyadh before Riyadh mm-hmm. is basically showing off you're doing your deeds just to show off um, and I feel like a big way a big segue for Riyadh is Salah you know yeah. especially if you're leading your Salah oh like uh, they're gonna like I'm gonna show off my voice, or I'm gonna show off this Quran that I have memorized it's a big thing that we fight you know shaitan is always hitting us back and forth but the, the thing that is important that I felt like I've written this down before is when we think about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, how are we perceiving the way that he perceives our deeds? So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, like I'm standing in front of him right now. I'm doing salah. Wow, my voice is so nice, but who cares about what the people behind me think? How is that going to benefit me in the grave? Imagine Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he's listening to me and all the angels are surrounding me and they're listening to my beautiful recitation or I'm I'm giving this... Uh, uh, even this podcast right now that we're giving, like, inshallah, angels next to us, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala can be mentioning us, uh, our names, and uh, you know you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, like, you need to have hasan that the reward that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is going to give you is bigger than the reward that you're going to have in this dunya from, like, pleasures of showing Subhanallah. off. Subhanallah. You know, like, that's a, that's yeah. just, like, a little bit of it.
1: That's true. Well. I remember one time, um, me and you were actually, we were, talking, we were talking about this. Yeah. And I was telling you, like, naturally, I feel like everyone fights it yeah, it's the biggest thing and by the way even the scholars of the past like one one i remember i heard one time one scholar mentioned himself he's like a very big known scholar and he was like I can mention one hadith, and my intention—I have to renew it like 20 times for mentioning one simple hadith. Yeah, like it's—it's something that we have to keep on fighting. And if you're not fighting it, then you should be scared because it's a sign of iman. Inshallah. But I remember um one time, and I was telling you like, how do you like try not to have it when you're like praying with your friends or something like that? Mm -hmm. And you were like, imagine. Allah is in front of you and you're literally praying to Allah. Remember when you told me that? Yeah, yeah. Like, and that kind of goes with what you're saying. Like, you're not praying for these, like, okay, so I'll give you an example. Um, I remember one time we had an event at the masjid, and time for salah came in, and I was put in front to lead the girls. It was only girls, there was no guys there, so someone had to lead the salah. And I remember I was wearing a kufi I told you this. Yeah, yeah, I was wearing a kufiya, and Naturally, you know, like when women um, lead a salah, the woman doesn't stand like in front, like how the guys do. She stands amongst the women, but she mm-hmm. takes a step forward. So, like, mm-hmm. you're within the same line. And I remember I was telling Adam when I got home that day, I told him I was looking down and I was like reading salah. And I'm literally reciting like Nas. Like, I'm not reciting anything crazy, okay? But I looked down at my kufiya and I couldn't help but remember like everything that was happening in Gaza. Yeah. And I remember I told Adam, I was like, and even this message extends to every one of us. Allah has blessed every single one of us with something, okay? Knowledge, uh, Quran, anything. If you have a nice voice, if you have a good sense of leadership, don't let shaitan scaring you with riyat stop you from being a leader in what Allah has given you. Like I looked down at my kofi and I was like, I wanna be a leader, just like the people in Gaza are no. leading us. So it kind of gave me encouragement and kind of like going back to what you're saying, it's like, what is Allah thinking of me, right? Allah gave me this ability not to hide it, but to, to show it, not in a way where it's like I'm showing off to people, but to lead people with it, right? So anything, even right. dunyawi, if you're a doctor, okay, and you Allah's given you, like, crazy knowledge about science, don't hide it. Use it for our deen, mm-hmm. you know?
0: Or there's a hadith where uh, when they're, uh, like, someone will be giving, like, a talk or, like, knowledge is being spread, and then there's, like, angels, they're being stacked up on one Yeah, to tell Allah. Like, all around you. Yeah. And also like, what's going on? He's like, the Angels are saying, like your your servant remembering you, and sometimes I remember that hadith even while I'm leading.
1: I'm That's thinking, crazy. Like,
0: imagine their angels are now stacked up. What's going on? Your servant has such a beautiful voice recitation, or or you know you know what I'm yeah, saying. So like there is there is
1: even when you're reciting the the angels, Allah right. subhanahu wa taala. I heard a hadith. I don't know where it's from, but it's, I know it's authentic. And there was um it says that Allah subhanahu wa taala loves to listen. To, like one of the thing that Hadith said, like one of the most things that Allah subhanahu wa taala loves to listen is someone beautifying their voice in Quran. Mm-hmm. Like this is a speech of Allah. It's not meant to like recite it in salah and mono. Like if you don't have a voice, that's something that Allah subhanahu wa taala hasn't given you. But if you have a voice or you have this sense of like, some people are shy to lead salah. Yeah, if I know you with
0: very they, they just they don't, they don't want to leave. exactly. I try to push them forward. Every
1: well. that's what I'm trying to say. Anything that any tool that Allah subhanahu wa taala has given you, Allah is gonna ask you right? Did you use it? Don't let shaitan's riyat, like, you know, prevent you from using it, kind of.
0: So I remembered one of the things I was going to say before we were talking about the trials, Um, and I feel like one thing that also we encounter is, like you said, like, it's okay to feel pain and be like, yeah, this is tough, but you need to realize shaitan does exist, and you are going to get whispers, where shaitan might be putting these thoughts in your head, why is Allah doing this? That's when you need to you, you never want to think the, the whispers of shaitan are your thoughts. That's true. And you don't want to continue those thoughts. You just need to say, <laughs> and just forget that those thoughts and just say, no, I, I trust Allah. I know what is going on right now. This is the right thing. Uh, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, what He has planned for me is the best thing for me. How can I be angry mm-hmm. oh, Allah, Allah has planned for me? Even when you go do a sin, isn't that when you when you're in that time of sinning, you don't feel right. You feel this kind of eerie feeling, like you feel wrong, you don't feel happy of, of what you just did. Whereas when you're in a state of Iman, a state of patience, a state of doing uh, khair, you just feel good about yourself, you know? And I'm not saying good about, like you shouldn't feel like... It
1: like, brings a happiness, happiness, naturally, iman, yeah, right? yeah. I'm not trying to say
0: like you should be arrogant, Yeah, no. Not. Yeah, But you should be like, like you feel this, like Alhamdulillah, like I'm doing the right thing, I'm on the right path, inshallah. Yeah, And so don't despair don't think like these thoughts are mine oh my god no just block them out continue your what you're doing and just talk to yourself even if you need to i trust allah i know what's going on is the best thing for me
1: and talk to allah like there's nothing wrong with you asking allah for, for conviction for certainty for help to stay trusting allah's plan like we're only human and allah actually gets mad when we don't ask him for help and by the way why did you ever click why your dua is most accepted when you're in the state of sujood because that's when you're in the lowest position okay that and
0: you're to allah as well.
1: yeah but i'm saying why when allah is we, we know allah taala is on the arsh right and allah is on top why am i closest when i'm literally physically the the lowest because allah taala loves to see you in a state of needing him and in sujood you're the lowest you can get you can't get lower than that so when you're in a state of of like you need help right i'm confused shaitan is whispering to me that's a sense of like i'm broken i need your help ya Allah and never will you call out to Allah during that time or even during a time where you are okay except that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is going to answer right and to remember that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Quran that the plotting and the planning of shaitan his whisper is weak not Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala didn't say the one that whispers, like, whispers to the heart. It says, like like in like, It's like you're in a window. I try to remind myself. I'm giving this analogy. And it was like, you're in a room. Okay, like a hotel room. Let's say you have a balcony. Shaitan's on the other side of the balcony. And he's whispering to you. So you're hearing it. But you can choose to open the door and let him in. Or you can close the curtains and say, mm-hmm. So like, it's, you, you control what he's telling you. But that's not to undermine that. He still is whispering. But yeah, that's a good point okay i want to mention another hadith that's here. That's um the long one? no no this. not and i'll mention the long one after okay. but it's uh, another practical example about husman and there's a story of a man on the day of judgment who i think we mentioned this actually we were talking about um the rahmah of allah Subh'anaHu. but there's a man on the day of judgment who allah Subh'anaHu, he's like after he like um you know did that count and everything he was destined to jahannam and so allah Subh'anaHu told the angels to throw him into jahannam and he looked back at allah and allah Subh'anaHu said why did you look back at me he said, I thought you'd be more merciful than this. And so Allah mm-hmm. subhanahu wa ta'ala said, put him in Jannah. Yeah, yeah, like right. that's husn Or Another example, there's another um, companion, same thing. And um, not oh, companion, there was another man. He was getting thrown into Jahannam. And every single time the angels would get close to throw him in, like Jahannam, because we know Jahannam is a beast, by the way. It's not a yeah. place, it's a creature. Um, it would move back. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows, but he's like, what's going on here? And Jannah was, or Jahannam was saying, he's still asking refuge in you from you or from me like this man is still saying oh allah save me here yeah. from the fire and he's about to get thrown into it so allah says okay put him into my jannah yeah. like these are practical examples of husnud on the day of judgment and like this is crazy you know like mm-hmm. they were going to jahannam but then you never know like the husnud card on the day of judgment is gonna get you everywhere InshaAllah. time for the long hadith yeah
0: let's head up, head up with it in a minute
1: okay it's a long hadith but i think it's perfect okay so abdurrahman ibn Samura reported that the Messenger of Allah وسلم, came up to us and he said, Verily, I saw something wondrous last night. So this is a dream of the Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. He said, I saw a man of my nation as angels were holding him back and his abolition, yani his luk, came to save him from that. I saw a man of my nation surrounded by devils and the remembrance of Allah came to free him from them. I saw a man of my nation suffering from extreme thirst and his fasting in Ramadan came to give him drink. I saw a man of my nation with darkness before him darkness behind him darkness to his right and to his left darkness above him and below him and his pilgrimage his hajj came to bring him out of darkness i saw a man of my nation to whom the angels of death came to take his soul and his righteousness to his parents came and turned the angels back i saw a man of my nation to whom the believers would not speak and his maintenance of family times ties came and it said, verily he is one who has maintained family ties, so speak to him and he became one of them. I saw a man of my nation come to people sitting in circles and every circle he came to drove him away and his ritual bath for major impurity and his ghusl mm-hmm. led him by the hand and seated him next to them. I saw a man of my nation shielding his face from the heat of the hellfire and his charity came to give him shade and cover his face. I saw a man of my nation to whom the angels of punishment came and his enjoining of the good and forbidding the evil came to save him from that. I saw a man of my nation falling into the hellfire and the tears which he shed for for reverence of Allah came to pull him out of the fire. I saw a man of my nation whose scrolls fell into his left hand and his fear of Allah came to place his scroll in his right hand. I saw a man of my nation swaying in the wind like a palm tree and his good thoughts of Allah came to calm his shaking. I saw a man of my nation crawling across the bridge over hell, at times kneeling and times clinging to it, and his blessings over me came to take him by the hand and stand him up upon the bridge, and he passed it. I saw a man of my nation who stopped at the gates of paradise, and every gate was locked for him, and his testimony that there is no God but Allah came and took him by the hand and led him into paradise. So subhanAllah, I I remember one time someone gave me the analogy that You know, there's a hadith that mentions when you are in the grave, someone comes and sits with you. And if if you are someone who's guaranteed Jannah, it'll be a person who smells very nice, who looks very nice. He brings you happiness. But if you're a person who is going to Jahannam, this man will come with like a very stinky smell. He'll look very scary and he'll just sit in front of you the whole time. So subhanAllah, the way that I try to think about it is everything that you're doing is building this person is building your setting in the day of judgment. Yeah. And from that, we saw the husnudhan and we saw the charity and everything. So I don't know this, I wanted to focus on the husnudhan but the hadith, but when I read it and I like saw all the different things, it's just to show you like,
0: <laughs>
1: yeah, like sometimes we do good deeds and we don't see the fruit of them in this world. And so we start to get discouraged. But when you remind yourself that you don't know what, the kind of you're saying about the dua, you don't know what you're doing that will be the one thing that saves you in the day of judgment. So, and from that is husnudhan. But yeah.
0: yeah, it's not about the reward in this dunya. It's about the reward in the akhira. Because you need to understand that the reward that you get in the akhirah is more than what you're getting in the dunya. So you're not looking for reward in the dunya. You're not looking for people to praise you for doing the right thing. You know, a lot of people, they may, they may be in a setting like I know, personally, some people, they're not in the setting where they're around people who are praising him for praying. Rather, they may be discouraging him of prayer. Why did you turn to Islam? Why are you praying? You're never go- You're not always going to be in the right situation where you're, you're sitting there and people are like, yeah, good job, you did salah. Oh, good job, you did charity. Even some people, they're in households where there are misdemean around them, yet their parents just aren't at the level of deen that their children are. So when their children know. do specific things, they think they're extremists or they're going to in deen. Oh, why are you uh, praying all your five prayers? Why are you actually praying the sunnah that's just optional don't let those people discourage you yes you need to be respectful to your parents to other people but your reward you weren't looking for reward in this dunya you weren't looking to be praised here you're looking to be praised by the one who is the king of all kings the one whose praise actually matters can you imagine allah subhanahu wa ta'ala praising you on the day of judgment who cares about some earthly humans who also make mistakes when allah wa ta'ala is the king of kings the one who His praise is the one that will actually fulfill you. The one that will actually give you this, this sense of, Oh, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala praised me. That's crazy. Subhanahu. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is allowing me to enter into His Jannah. The Jannah which we don't even deserve. Out of His Rahmah, out of His how giving He is, He gives us the Jannah. Just because that's that's just, like, that's just how amazing His Rahmah and Kareem, you know. But we don't even deserve it. So that's what we're looking for. We're not looking for just this praise in this dunya or just this reward from this dunya or you know what i mean
1: yeah and yani yeah, even when you look at um like the stories of the prophets in the past right like husn is like i feel like the ticket it's the way of life right and that's what we've been saying kind of like what you were saying and if you look at the prophets in the past like for example when musa was being followed by the army of faraun and he had all the people that he promised allah was going to get us out and he got to the sea he didn't know what allah was going to do but he had mm-hmm. and then allah Allah revealed to him hit the sea with your staff and he went same
0: Even some of the people behind them if i'm not mistaken they're like oh what's done. going on you know, yeah they, Didn't they say like oh we're finished yeah yeah so then it, like, Hasanudhan also takes Iman, that's the thing you gotta realize. Yeah,
1: and, and that's what I'm saying, like, all the prophets of the past, like for example, Maryam, Satna Maryam, she's not a prophet, but she's a, a noble woman, yeah. Sitna Maryam, when Allah subhanahu wa taala told her that Hala, through Jibreel, he sent her revelation through Jibreel, that you're gonna have Isa, and she was like, what are people gonna say, and he's like, don't speak, he's like, don't worry, you know, he told her, don't worry about it, I'll take care of it. She didn't know what was gonna happen, she didn't know Isa was gonna testify, she didn't know what was gonna happen. Ibrahim, when he was getting thrown into the fire, he didn't know what Allah was going to do until the moment happened. And that's what, you see, I always see this video on Instagram. It's like some guy's like finding, okay? And and he like gets really tired and he's like, oh, he gets like tired and he sits I on. And cartoon. then if you mind, like two inches farther, there's going to be like a whole bunch of gold. It's like, cartoon, huh? yeah, that's Hussanullah. Yeah. Like, it's like, I don't know what's going to happen. I I don't know when this is gonna end, when my dua is gonna get answered, when this is gonna stop, but I know it's gonna happen. And I know when it happens, it's gonna be amazing. Like subhanAllah, let's say for example, you want a house, okay? And you're like searching, 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 searching. This is a practical example. And you're searching for a bunch of different houses and like you want this room in this specific way. And you're just like, no, I know this kind of house exists, but I just don't find it now. And you keep on having husnadan that I know. All, like, this is the way, okay, listen. Is anything that you want in this not between al-Mashriq al Maghrib? Is anything that you want not between the east and the west? If you want a house, you want a job, you want freedom, people in Gaza, you want a husband, you want a wife, you want Wiswa has to go, you want anything. Is it not between al-Mashriq and Maghrib? What does Allah say? He controls that between al-Mashriq and Maghrib. Yani, the same Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that split the sea for Musa, and split the qamar for the Rasul and mm-hmm. made the fire إبراهيم, and let Isa testify against, Prophet, against uh, Maryam and open the doors for Prophet Yusuf when all the doors were locked. Is the same Allah who you're making dua to? Yeah. Is the same Allah who you're saying, Ya Rabb, I want this. So then, what why would you ever think that Allah wouldn't give it to you? And by the way, Allah does mention the concept of those who don't. Have faith in allah allah says in the quran Wa ma qadar allah haqa they didn't yani, i can't even like explain this right because it, when you explain it in english it like gives it so much less of meaning but okay. qadr, yani, you didn't think allah was powerful as he was and yani, it's belittling to allah because i genuinely don't think anyone wants something except that it can be done for example you have a sickness Right when you're making du'a to Allah subhanahu wa taala, you're saying, "Allah, cure me from this sickness," and it doesn't happen. And then you're like, "Oh, it's never gonna happen." Well, don't you think that a doctor could, quote unquote, cure the sickness? Yani, if you can think a, a human can do this through the power of Allah, what makes you think that Allah can't do it Himself? Like Allah subhanahu wa taala, you know Sheikh Muhammad, one of your teachers, he was on the podcast before actually, and he one time he was, we were making du'a at the Masjid, and he said something, and, and I I, I love the way that he said it. He said, "Ya man amruhu بين الكاف والنون." Did you click when he said that? He's making du'a. Know, so. And he said, Oh Allah, he's making du'a to He said, Oh, the one whose power is between kaf and noon. Because what does Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Yeah, Kun. Fayakun. Yani his power, it doesn't, it's not even in the word, but the concept is like, just kun, two letters, okay? And it's like, it happens. Yeah. So that's, it. I don't know where I was going with that, but.
0: Well, the uh, another thing that reminds me is, one of the conditions of du'a is that you need to have 100% certainty. The, the thing that you are asking for, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala can grant it to you. He, and He will. He, and He will. And He will grant it to you in, in certain... The
1: way, uh, right, you. the way that's best for you. Right, the way that's best for you. So
0: He may not give it to you. Because maybe the thing you're asking for you, like for example, the house. We talked about the house, right? Yeah, Allah, give me this house, give me this house. The thing maybe you're asking for, that house, you don't know, maybe that house will cause a, a huge argument between you and your family. Mm-hmm. Maybe the house... So the thing you're asking for... You, we have so little knowledge. Our knowledge is like so little compared to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he's, He knows what you're going through and He knows what the best thing for you is. You know, it's like, it's like imagine like a maze and you have like an overtop view and we're just like in the maze. We don't know where to go. But like the overtop view, you don't know exactly where to go. You just look at the overtop view. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He knows exactly what you're going through. He knows, okay, if, if this person takes this path, Gonna lead him here. Oh no, that's not good for if This path. Oh, this is gonna lead him to me. And the best thing is for me to lead him to me because Allah Subhanahu wa Taala wants us to worship Him. You know, and so and it goes further to to even to the point where it's like have done where it's like um, Allah Subhanahu wa Taala invited me to the Masjid for Aisha. Allah Subhanahu wa Taala is inviting me to uh, read Quran when I'm reading Quran. He's the one who is allowing me to do this. Allah Subhanahu wa Taala loves me. You know, there is no hatred between me and Allah. Why would there, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala there's just like loving relationship. And shaitan will try to come now and again. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala doesn't like you. Like why are you going through this tough time? No. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tests the ones he likes. Right?
1: Loves. Not even likes. The loves, yes. And obviously. the ones that get tested the most are who?
0: The prophets. The ones who he loves the most. Exactly. So have Hasn in that sense as well.
1: Mm-hmm. I remember um. You mentioned a point and I forgot. And then I have remembered another point, but this is not what I want. Anyways, I remember one time we were actually, I was talking to to my mom and I was telling her like, subhanAllah, how Allah's like plan. And she told me, imagine you come on the day of judgment. And I actually told her this. I was like, this is something that I would ask for in Jannah. And I would say, I want a TV screen and I want Allah to show me all of the things that I was like painful about like whether you got a sickness whether something went the wrong way and i want allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to show me what would have happened if it went the other way mm-hmm. because it is what's best for you like mm-hmm. you know they say you only see past your nose so imagine that on the day of judgment how much love you're even going to have if you ask say, if you ask allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to show me what was it that you were protecting me from you'll understand that it was truly protection And yani they say like if if a mom sees her little child running to the fire she's going to say oh habibti don't touch the fire She's going to come and push her out of the way, right? But the little kid will be like, oh, why is my mom being so mean? Or like a little kid who's cutting in the kitchen, like cutting vegetables. And the mom's like yelling at them, no, don't do that. Or my body shoot? Like they don't understand that parents protect their kids from things that harm them. Yeah. Like, حَسْنُ is knowing that even if it looks negative in my eyes, it's positive. And it's because Allah loves me. No nothing happens except out of the love of Allah Even the punishment of Allah is a love to bring you back. How many people got punished with a sickness, with an illness, anything? And that's what brought them back to the deen. Go hear revert stories. They'll say, I was at the lowest of the low and I was doing all of that, which was haram, that's supposed to bring you happiness, but I still didn't feel it. That punishment of losing things and everything in this dunya is what brought them back. That was actually a blessing in disguise. I was gonna say something else and then i lost my train of thought it happens Four all the time i know and like two times for me all right i'm tapped i can't remember
0: i think i'm tapped i think guys i think we really oh i remembered oh
1: i was just gonna say just in one more thing like to think more about the love of allah and we've talked about this a lot of times but like look at the love of a mother or like a father for their kids right like the pain that your mom goes through through childbirth, like the amount of times your dad wakes up super early in the morning to go out for work, just to provide for you. And when you genuinely think about people and how they love you, how can you ever think that Allah doesn't love you? When Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says like, just a fraction of the love and the rahmah of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is in this dunya. And like 99% of it is love for the yeah. Yani. Allah is the most loving. Yani I try to think of everything in this world is created, right? The love that we feel is created by Allah. It means Allah owns it. And he's only showing a fraction this dunya. Mm-hmm. So don't ever think that the plan of Allah isn't out of love, but it's out of punishment. It's not. Allah loves you more than you can imagine. But that's what I was going to say. I remembered.
0: Great. All right. So are we done? I think that's it. I think I- I'm done. So, you got else? no, that's All right. it. All right, guys. Thank you guys so much for listening to this episode. I really hope you guys benefited. Guys, share it to those you think will benefit. You know the drill um we're very thankful for you guys and we hope to see you guys in the next one assalamualaikum great